Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for January 24, 2024. Today's Gospel lesson is from Mark, chapter 3, verses 13 to 19. Jesus the Mentor Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. New International Version For me, every place in Holy Scripture is significant, even the seemingly mundane portions of it. Today's verses might appear rather insignificant. However, there is some important meaning to recording who Christ called as his disciples and why he did it. Jesus appointed twelve Jewish men to be his close disciples, his apostles. In choosing them, let's not read into it something that isn't there. This choosing in no way is meant to convey that church leadership boards are always supposed to have twelve men. It seems to me that if such churches believe this, they ought to go all the way by insisting that they ought also to be Jewish Christians. No Gentiles on the election ballot at the annual meeting. Excluding women, maintaining a particular number of people to a group, or considering only one ethnicity to leadership is nowhere to be interpreted in this text of Scripture. I can imagine Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, raising a Bach-like eyebrow to such hermeneutical gymnastics and stating the lone word, fascinating. A disciple is a follower. An apostle is one who is sent out with a specific purpose. Jesus called these particular people in order to send them out with a mission. In other words, Christ's disciples are really missionaries. And these apostles, these missionaries, are appointed in order that they might be with Jesus, follow him everywhere, learn from him, and then have the received authority to go out and accomplish the mission given them to do. An apostle can only properly carry out the instructions of the teacher by first being a disciple who spends copious amounts of time in that teacher's presence. Indeed, if we are looking for some contemporary application in these more mundane texts of scripture, let's find here an insight into our own Christian formation. Christian ministry is rightly patterned after the teacher we follow, Jesus our Lord. Christ himself demonstrated for us the way of mentoring or discipling through his own words and actions. He called particular individuals taught them, and equipped them for spiritual warfare in this world by granting them authority to do the work. If we need a pattern, there it is. It's a model of mentoring others in the ways of Christian mission and ministry. The idea 
is that we call, teach, equip, and authorize others in the words and ways of Jesus. I really don't much care what you call it. Christian discipling, relational mentoring, small group teaching, spiritually forming, or any other word or phrase. The important thing is to actually understand and do this very Christ-like work of developing mature follower, followers of Jesus, who can do the important work of spiritual warfare and ministry, and then in turn develop others to do the same. We are to pass on a body of faith and doctrine, of mission and ministry, to a group of people who will do the work, and they then do the same for others. I rather like the word mentoring because for most people it evokes the idea of putting time and effort into some relationships for a specific purpose. And when we look at Christianity as a great mentoring project, perhaps we will see why church is becoming a byword in many parts of the Western world. This also ought to perhaps clue us into how we might move forward as Christians. I am suggesting that, generally speaking, we have neglected this pattern of Jesus in calling, teaching, equipping, and authorizing. It is one large reason why there is such a decline in church attendance and participation in the West. And until we collectively take up this mantle of mentoring ministry, we shall continue to lessen because we are irrelevant to people's daily lives, both inside and outside the church. As a first course of action, I invite you, no matter your age or stage in life, to make it a priority to simply hang out with individuals and groups of people. Maybe that sounds like an extrovertish sort of thing to do. However, this invitation is coming from me, an introvert. I didn't say you have to be the life of the party or engage in a lot of talking, but I am saying that mature followers of Jesus ought to strongly consider some intentional relationships with people other than family and a few friends. Hang out around any given church on any given Sunday after any given worship service, and you are likely to see small groups of people talking with each other. Those groups typically center around friends according to age. What is often lacking are intentional interactions between the generations. The younger generations, particularly persons aged 18 to 29, often need and want to have relationships with more experienced or older believers in the faith. Younger adults, however, tend to lack the confidence to go after older adults in order to be mentored in or influenced by them. I believe the onus is on the older generations to go after the younger. Maybe I'm just old, but it seems like younger generations have an incredible array of relationships, differing levels of friendship, and a complexity to their in interactions that I didn't have back in my day. What's different, it seems, is that their relationships are more gray, they're less black and white, and they appear to do a solid amount of hanging out. Hanging out is typically sitting around with a group of people, eating and drinking, watching movies, studying, 
doing Bible study, or any other activity. It's just doing about anything, but doing it together with others. And this is the perfect environment for initially establishing how to begin living into the words and ways of Jesus to mentor others. One of the things we older folks can do is to really understand the reality of younger generations' relational interactions. For example, when I lived in a university town, I used to often just hang out with college students with no agenda other than just being with them. The local Perkins restaurant was at its busiest at midnight, filled with college students hanging out. There are places in every town and city where young adults go, especially the bar scene. Bars aren't just places to drink, but they are locations of conviviality, where persons have the chance to be around one another in a kind of secular church where fellowship happens, looking for a chance to relate meaningfully with others. All people desire intimacy and want to know that someone else cares about them. This is a very real and felt need. How that need is going to be met can be either legitimate or illegitimate, and we can help with that. One of the best things we can do for others is to communicate to them that we have their back, that we care, love, that we genuinely like them. No one can sniff out a disingenuous attitude quite like a young adult. So our interactions have to be an authentic desire to be around them. Also, this does not mean we have to pretend to be younger than we are. Instead, one of the greatest needs a young person has is to be in a mentoring relationship with someone older and wiser who can help them navigate life and bring some sort of definition to relationships that they may lack. The older generations could learn to hang out with younger generations and find individuals for whom they can build a solid one-on-one -on -one or group relationship with. They can have such relationships now, it will serve them for a lifetime. It seems to me that, as I look at the biblical text, being a mentor and walking alongside another with love, grace, and wisdom is built into Christianity by Jesus himself. So let's consider how we might best go about this important work. May your love overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what really matters so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen.